Hello, hello. Welcome to Project Doing Good, the podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Straw. And today's episode is part two of one of our current projects, Mama Mimicry, which aims to provide therapeutic relief to premature babies in neonatal intensive care units, or NICUs for short, through making products that have been developed to mimic a baby's mother, which provides various benefits like increasing oxygenation levels in their blood and a more normalized heartbeat. This project was started by Heather Chow, She's a medical student with a huge heart for preemie babies. So check out episode 19 if you haven't already to hear all about the project and how you can support it. So we are continuing to tell the story of Mama Mimicry by interviewing a mother, Ingrid Cognato, about her experience going into labor at 26 weeks with her daughter, Willow. We talk about what it was like for her and her premature baby to stay in the NICU. Her daughter, Willow, actually was given a long appendage stuffed animal to keep her company during her stay and still has it to this day. And just hearing what she and her baby experienced really helps us appreciate what the Mama Mimicry Project can provide for these babies and why it is so needed. So there's one thing we mentioned that people may not know of, and, and that's bilirubin levels. And so newborn jaundice occurs when a baby has high levels of bilirubin in the blood. And bilirubin is that yellow substance that the body creates when it replaces old red blood cells. And a high level of that makes a baby's skin and whites of their eyes look yellow. And so with that out of the way, please enjoy this interview with Ingrid. Ingrid, thanks for coming on the show. It's great to have you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell me your story as far as it relates to your family and Willow and just how the whole labor and delivery experience unraveled for you. I heard it didn't go as planned. Exactly. Yeah, definitely didn't didn't go as planned. Um, yeah. So my husband, Scott, and I welcomed our daughter, Willow, um, into the world um, June 15th, 2017. And it was, um, I was six months pregnant, exactly 26 weeks. Um, and she decided that was the time she was, you know, ready to come. So I had been in the hospital. I went into preterm labor at 23 weeks and, um, made it about 20 days in the hospital before, um, getting an infection and, um, needing to to deliver early so we had a emergency c-section and um willow willow was born she was yep one pound uh 14.7 ounces that's insane is that like as smaller than your hand or the palm of your hand what what is that she was she was yeah that's about her her body was about the size of my hand. Um, and then she was just over, you know, I think she was 13 inches long. So just over a ruler oh size um, in length. But yeah, it was crazy. And actually, the, the day that I delivered, I had an app that told me how big she is each week. And because I had just turned 26 weeks, it told me she was the size of a butternut squash. Um, oh my gosh. And so now whenever I, you know, whenever I'm cooking and, you know, I cook a lot with like butternut squash. So I'm, I'm constantly like, this is crazy. That's how big she was. Never look at butternut the same. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that like? What was some of your fears with that going on? Obviously that's amazing that you were able to even keep her in longer for 20 more days. Yeah. Um, 
Um, Definitely when we went in at 23 weeks, um, because it's considered a gray zone, um, 24 weeks is considered viability, but 23 weeks is is really up to the parents um, in terms of like whether you resuscitate or just how aggressive you want to be at, um, you know, at, at saving, you know, the life potentially. So that was hard um, to have that conversation and and to really look at some of those statistics of a a baby born that early. Um, So as our time in the hospital um, progressed, we got a little bit more um, like reassurance. Um, It certainly was definitely scary, but each day was, you know, such a victory. Um, Right. And so um, along with that, because I was in the hospital, I was given steroids to help um, with brain bleeds and, you know, um, or to prevent brain bleeds and to help with um, lung development and things like that. So that definitely was a game changer for Willow. um, And that helped with her stay in the NICU um, as, you know, in terms of of what she needed um, on the outside, she, you know, was in so much better shape having had those steroids and, um, some of those medications right to give her give her a, a start a little head start um Absolutely. They knew she was she was needing it and so what are were some of the complications you experienced and different things that came up um just as from the time she you know you delivered her to um your stay in the hospital because you were there for quite some time, right? Not to mention yeah, the 20 days we, before. Yeah, we spent, we, we felt like we lived in the hospital um, for the entire summer. So um, we spent 72 days total with Willow in the NICU um, and then the 20 days uh, before that in the hospital. So um, yeah, and it was long. Yeah. Um, but as far as a 26 weeker, that's a pretty good stay. Like, you know, we were anticipating um, being there a lot longer. Um, they told us to expect to be there until her due date, um, which would have been September 21st. And we came home a week or a, a month early. So she came home at 36 weeks gestation um, and did, you know, all in all, her her stay in the NICU was, was uh, it went pretty smoothly. The first probably two or three weeks were the hardest as she um, kind of had to declare herself where, she, you know, what path she was going to take. Um, but but once we got past some of those hurdles, um, it, it, you know, it, it became a little bit easier um, right. each week. And what were some of those hurdles as far as like what came up? I know you probably weren't able to even really hold her, touch her, for a little while, right? Like right after she came out, they had to right. Kind of take so her. she and they they kind of gave us um, some expectations and and you know kind of parameters of what to expect, which was really helpful because when a baby's born that early, a lot of times um, their any stimulation um, can be overwhelming for them. So you know we weren't able to hold Willow. Um, for the first nine days of her life, um, really, we couldn't touch her. Um, her skin was was pretty translucent and um, and sensitive, so um, we had to be really careful about um, 
you know, even just putting a little bit of pressure um, and, you know, like if, if we were to touch her, just be really gentle. And then, um, uh, yeah, so so that was really difficult. You know, new parents, you want to get right in there and instead right. you have to talk really softly and, um, you know, and, and really be so mindful of overstimulating her with anything. Um, and so first off, you know, she, um, she, she had to be intubated when she was first born where, um, they, you know, they put a tube down her throat to help her breathe. And then after that, she was put on something called, um, uh, CPAP, which is, you know, uh, um, continuous positive airway pressure. Right. And so my dad actually has a CPAP machine, so I was familiar with it. Um, You know, it looked much different on a tiny, tiny baby, but it it does, you know, it did help her to to breathe. um, And it's considered non-invasive, which is um, which is really good. So it's less damaging to her lungs um, overall. And then, um, you know, she had jaundice, so she had to be under these special um, lights. and wear these crazy little goggles um, oh. and which also limited our, um, you know, our ability to see her because she would be covered with, you know, to keep the lights in. Um, oh. So we'd sit at her bed, but we couldn't always, you know, see her as well. Um, oh. Her bedside and by bedside, I mean like a little isolate that she was in. Um, it's uh, like a chamber looking Yeah. Thing isolated yeah. thing like with like airtight or something yep and so you have little um round holes that you put both of your hands through um and that's how you touch them so that they stay encapsulated in this little kind of bubble um and it keeps um some noise but you know any kind of um you know it, it helps with germs and things like that so it helps keep a more sterile environment wow Okay, so she yeah. had, so she was doing like the light therapy, I think it's phototherapy yep. for mm-hmm. the jaundice, and she's had tubes in her, and I guess she has to keep a tube too for like, were they also giving her some kind of medication or? Yeah, you know, she had, um, and she she was, um, uh, you know, not able to take any um, breast milk um, until I think maybe um, the second week. So she was given like some special food through her umbilical cord. They had a, a tube through that the first couple of days. Um, and then um, I was able to give her some breast milk just on her tongue though. That helps with um, developing antibodies for her. Right. Um, so it basically just coated her her mouth and, and got her exposed in that way. Yeah, um, to the healthy bacteria and all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, which was awesome. They had me pumping, you know, as soon as I came out of the, the surgery right. um, to get that colostrum and, and, and get that good stuff to her. So that's amazing. Yeah. That they would call it liquid gold though, the colostrum. And oh. it was like tiny, you know, like I would get like three milliliters or something the first couple of days, but you know, she just needed a drop or two. Yeah. So it felt, you know, I felt like I was doing this, you know, really important, uh, job you were yeah um and so okay so as far as her 
how did she do? So the first week and in, in the second week, so she's yeah. intubated, she's in the incubator. Did her, I think they call it the Billy Rubin levels, did those, did that work I, for her? They, did it go they down? They did. I think that coincided with when we were finally able to hold her was around the ninth day. Um, her Billy Rubin levels were um, stable to where they took her off. So I think maybe around like day seven, day eight, um, she was, you know, off the phototherapy oh, wow. and, um, and they thought that she could tolerate being held. So that's a big, the big thing is like, is the benefit of skin to skin or kangaroo care, right. um, you know, is that worth, you know, kind of the risk of right. handling a baby so little, you know, so tiny and fragile. And, um, we finally had, so I think we had a new doctor every maybe four or five days and the ninth day, the doctor that came on that that, you know, that week, he's like, you are holding your baby today. You know, we need to make this happen. So. Oh, that's awesome. How was yeah. that? How was that whole experience? It was amazing. Um, I was so nervous because this is the first time, you know, like that she's going to be like in my arms and, and she's so tiny. And, but as soon as I reached down and picked her up, it was like time stood still and it was magical. It was, and she did great. She, um, so they obviously are monitoring her, um, you know, all of her different levels and, and right. they just stabilized and she was, you know, in a, in, in a, you could just tell she was in a peaceful state, which was awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and so there was, I'm just picturing her. So after she got out of the like when you held her that time, mm -hmm. was, did she look different? Like as far as the translucency, did she, did her skin look different or was she still like, she was, she was still pretty, she had kind of like a, her tone, uh, it was kind of like a reddish, dark reddish coloring. Um, okay. but, um, she, yeah. So and she was, you know, it was, it's hard to see. So my husband took a lot of pictures during that, you know, when I first held her and stuff, and right. she's got a big mask on over her face and they cover her whole body, right. um, you know, to, to keep her warm. Um, so she, she was just in a diaper skin to skin up against me, but then, you know, covered up. So some of those pictures, she just, yeah, she looked so tiny and you can just see like just her little cheeks and, um, she's got a big mask on from her. A CPAP machine so right and then after that you were able to hold her kind of regularly or was it just every so often it was once a day for an hour um for another couple weeks and then slowly it became okay you can we could we could experiment with doing two um two two holds um and then um I would say probably when she became I'm thinking like maybe 30 two 33 weeks um we got to hold her more regularly to where we could hold her you know yeah because uh, you were talking about the stimulation like it's just it's going to be really stressful for them right At, yeah earlier. yeah and and so what what happens is they're monitoring so they'll have um a lot of times premature babies will have ap apnea and bradycardia so apnea is when they um stop breathing and um bradycardia is where their heart rate dips really low and so those are the two things that we were really watching. Um, you know, what are her breasts per minute? What is, is she having any apnea? And is she having any bradycardias? 
and um, the machines would, would go off and signal. And so there was one point where we tried to add a second fold before she was ready. And, you know, she's, the alarms are starting to go off and you can tell she's just clearly, it's, it's too stressful. Wow. Which was hard, you know, to, to put her back. But again, you know, all along we've been deferring to like, whatever is best for her, you know, we'll get to hold her. Um, you know, when we take her home, we will hold her whenever we want, you know, that sort of right. thing. Like right now she just needs to focus on getting healthy and strong. And wow. So. And so, wow, that's an incredible story. And so for, so everything pretty much ran smooth. There was just that scare. And then obviously the initial, like she had to get intubated, put in the light right. therapy. And they, and she did, she does have, um, a PDA, which is a patent ductus arteriosis. So that's, I'm probably going to butcher this, but a hole in like the valve between, um, the heart and the lungs and it's open in during, you know, pregnancy and when babies are in the womb and then it typically closes right after they're born, but with prematurity, often it can remain open. So that was sort of our big, her big issue in the NICU was wow. whether this PDA was going to close on its own or whether they'd have to surgically um, ligate and close it. Um, and um, our experience was that, you know, we got close to ligating and she had more and more apnea episodes and bradycardias that were showing that it might, you know, she her lungs might be needing, um, might be working too hard. Um, and we switched to a different, instead of CPAP, she got moved to something called NAVA, which is still non-invasive, but it's a little bit more support in breathing. There's a little tube that goes down to her diaphragm that shoots off the little puff of air that helps her breath, you know, stimulates her to take a breath. Um, Mm. and so that helped and we were able to avoid doing, uh, surgery for her PDA. Wow. Um, and so that was, I'm, I'm thinking that was about maybe three weeks into her NICU stay. That was, that week was probably the hardest where we were, um, you know, each, each day kind of like, is it going to, you know, are we going to turn a corner or is it going to, you know, are we going to need more invasive, um, breathing support? Wow. Thankfully you didn't. That's intense. Yeah. And so, and we have her next cardiology appointment um, next month. And at our last cardiology appointment, which was um, just a few um, few months ago, the hole had gotten smaller and the cardiologist thinks that it'll probably close on its own, which is, oh, you know, amazing. best case scenario. Yeah, that's good news. Yeah. I hope that goes well for you. Thank you. How old is she now? She is, she just turned seven months. So wow. she's seven months and... Um, the way they count premature babies is that you go off their actual age and then you go off their adjusted age, which is when she would have been born, like according to her due date. Right. So she's seven months um, actual and then um, four months adjusted now. Oh, that's crazy. So all of the milestones, all of her doctor's appointments, everything goes off the adjusted. So they look at what were the, you know, full term, you know, baby born at, you know, her due date now, four months old, what would she be doing? Um, right. So 
That's and yeah. and things have been smooth so far outside of obviously trying to figure out making sure the PDA and all that is closed. Is yeah, that- we 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 brought her home and um our biggest hurdle has been she has reflux. Um which you know was uh, sometimes we think harder than the NICU stay. Um those wow. those weeks trying to deal with um her, you know, being in so much pain and, and, and discomfort, I guess it's really common with, um, premature babies to have, um, reflex and hers was silent reflex. So she would, um, not necessarily like bring anything up, but it would collect like right at this off, I guess. And so, but we've got that under control and things have been so good and she's got so much personality and is, yeah, just amazing. That's great to hear. So you were given some kind of stuffed animal Mm -hmm. octopus for Willow. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So, um, probably even less than a week after she was born, um, a friend of a friend, um, reached out to us and, um, she was also in the NICU. She had delivered at 24 weeks and had learned about these octopus, um, stuffed animals that, um, you know, when given to NICU babies are really comforting. And she made us one and we, um, introduced that to Willow. So the idea is that the umbilical or the uh, tentacles on the octopus, um, in this case, um, mimic the umbilical cord. So a lot of times with, um, babies in the NICU, they have all these wires and tubes and things, and, um, they're constantly pulling it out. Willow pulled out her feeding tube at one point while a feed was going on. It was really scary. And, um, it's just, it happens. It happens all the time. They're, you know, there's, your hands are constantly moving. So, the octopus with the little, you know, tentacles gives them something to, to wrap onto and, and reach for and, and pull at. So, um, and she loved it. It was amazing to see, um, you know, her little hands going for it. And, um, she still to this day, now she's teething. So it, all the tentacles are in her mouth and she's chewing on them. And, um, you know, it's, it's so neat to see, um, yeah, it's, it's always by her side. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for telling your story and sharing it with us and everybody who's listening. I think it's it's really powerful and it's so great to hear that Willow's doing good and yeah. that you made it through. And I know you didn't even tell half yes. of your side of it. Thank you so much, Cameron. It was, you know, I love talking about, um, you know, how strong she is and everything that she's overcome. So um, it was a pleasure. Awesome. Ingrid, you rock. It was great to have you. Thanks everyone for listening. So you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. We really appreciate it. So we also have an amazing website. So visit us at projectdoinggood.com where you can hear all about the latest projects like this one. And stay tuned to hear all about the latest updates with Mama Mimicry.